It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Whoa. Are we well, live well, at already? Least one. At least. Oh man, what a. What a vibeless night at the DNVR bar. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Losers Lounge. Oh, man. Presented, as always, by DraftKings Sportsbook. Did we at least make money tonight? Absolutely not. Yeah, I didn't make any money. <laughs> we should have known. We should have known I lost better. two units tonight. We should have known better. This was a vibeless day. It was going to be a vibeless night. As the Nuggets fall to the Orlando Magic. I, it's only, I say this, they only lost by what? 15, 104, 11 points. 115, 104. They only lost by that amount. It felt like a hundred. Did it not? <laughs> it, it did. It did. Uh, but there are some things that we need to discuss in this one, including the Nuggets on the road. Are they just terrible on the road? Uh, the Nuggets bench. Are we sure that this is going to be solved by Thomas Bryant? Lots of stuff to get to. And then, of course, Aaron Gordon has his game of the year uh, in a wasted effort. To help me suffer, to suffer alongside with me, I've got Harrison Wynn. The only good news tonight... Nikola Jokic shot over 50% from the field. Let's go. The streak is alive. Oh, my We're God. We're still going. I was sweating it, man. <laughs> I was sweating it, too. He was on fire from three. I needed and something from, from tonight other than Aaron Gordon. It's so true, man. I need that. I know. We do have, like, the silver lining segment today would be very, very short. But maybe we'll do it anyway. Uh, over here, I got D-line. I am here to help you suffer. Just FYI, Adam. <laughs> That's why I'm here. Uh, in, in life, you mean. This is is the low point of the season. Oh, God. It is. No, no, vibe, vibe. You think it's the low point this of the season? This is the vibe's oh. low point. Oh, do you not remember the I was going to say, I was going to say, rivaled only by... Like two weeks ago. Rivaled only by opening day. Uh, opening day might have actually been the low point. <laughs> o- opening night watch along was probably that the was low the, point of the season. This is a new segment on the Losers Lounge. Was this worse than? <laughs> was this worse than when your dad... Like, uh, I, I'm not saying for re I don't have a poor outlook for things to come but just all things considered this was a this was a rough day for the psyche of Nuggets Nation definitely a forgettable day um and then over there superstar dev what a vibeless night there was there was no point where I was oh, excited I about this game nothing was good here at all <laughs> oh boy very not to fun get to uh, some quick programming note we did do a, a trade deadline special so this is actually our second podcast of the day Third. if you want to hear well we did a pregame show yeah. but if you want to hear extended thoughts about the trade deadline both what we think of the Denver Nuggets' moves as well as the, around the association including Kevin Durant. You'll get our extended thoughts on that one. We will talk a little bit about it, you know, obviously tonight. But if you're looking for that specifically, you're going to want to go there. Oh, man, 
You guys, living through that was once was rough. Do you guys want to relive it? Yeah, dude. Let's go for an extra long breakdown. This is really short. Look how short it is. This is actually my shortest break. Some games I just know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yep. this is one yep. of them. It's yep. like yep. eight lines. Uh, 12-0 start for the Nuggets. Hey! You guys, they were, everything was working. The defense was working. I, I have a note on here. Great rhythm to the game. Good That's Lord. funny. Rhythm is a dancer. <laughs> I really cursed ourselves. Marika Porter Jr. hit two three-pointers. He's on fire. That was about it. Everything, Won't miss. Everything you wrote in the first two sentences was proven wildly false afterwards. <laughs> if you paused the game after the first two minutes, I was oh, like, oh, man. man, Nuggets win by 50. Great trade. Let's go. Fun. Great trade. Like, all right, here we go. <laughs> Nuggets inspired because of it. It was the end of the good feelings that you'll feel. Uh, they got stuck in the mud after that. AG went back to the locker room. I'm not sure why, what it was, but he did thankfully return to the game. So could have been worse, John. A lot Didn't worse. Didn't seem like it affected him. 29-26 Magic. After starting down 12-0, they claw back to take a lead at the end of the first quarter. Second quarter, the Magic started pouring it on. This was really the game. As ugly as this game was, Denver played them evenly outside of a stretch to start the second quarter where they just got absolutely mowed over uh, with that second unit. A second unit that could not score and tonight was not getting stops at all. And you know who else was playing horribly, I thought, tonight was Jokic. This was one of his sneaky worst games of the year, I thought. Even though he was a plus eight and had a crazy stat line, 29, 12, and six, he had seven turnovers and just some weird decisions. Like, it just... Uh, one of those decisions was not to play any defense. Not playing any defense. His defense was atrocious. But just the rhythm of this game was really bad. Only three assists, by the way, in the first quarter. Halftime. Oh, Aaron Gordon did have it going, though. 16 points for him at the half. AG in the third quarter was doing a little bit of everything. Jokic, if he had a good stretch, it came in that third quarter where they clawed back. And there was a brief moment where I'm like, are they just going to win ugly? Which is way better than losing ugly. But I was like, I all miss right. ugly victories. 89-84. And you think, okay, it comes down to the fourth quarter. Michael Porter Jr. goes in with the bench unit. Admittedly, not Denver's go-to bench unit, but mm -hmm. shorthanded. No Murray, no uh, Zeke Naji, so a little bit different from what you'll see typically. Um, but Michael Porter Jr., I thought, just came up small in those minutes. He got open looks, missed all of them, yeah. and they needed scoring. When that bench was out there, it was like, okay, well, we'll put Porter there. He'll get some points. I don't think he scored over that stretch. Yeah, emphasis on junior today. Yeah, he was a little junior. Aaron Gordon, though, did go off. He continued to score points throughout the entire game. 37-14, uh, and the Nuggets lose. All right, start us off. Short recap there, but there's not, like, a quick. lot of details. Quick Dev? and fast. I think that uh, no Nugget besides KCP was their normal selves in this game. Um, <laughs> I mean, Aaron Gordon was okay. He wasn't his normal Maybe self. That was so. not his oh, normal I self. I like it. Everybody was semantics. off. They're just mean. different in this game. Yeah. And that's not the identity that they've been or who, you know, who the Nuggets have grown accustomed to being um, as of late. And that that's just uncharacteristic of them. It just did not look good at all. Uh, process was off. Um, game plan was off. And I want to just uh, account it to just like an awkward day. Trade day is just yep. very, um, very tough for Denver. Um, and they actually did something this trade deadline. So I'm just going to just say nobody was themselves. Nobody was themselves, for sure. Yeah, I mean, this was unrecognizable. Like, this was so poorly played in so many facets. Jokic was so disinterested in the first half. The bench was like... An abomination. It was a complete abomination. Like, Christian Brown was terrible. Every, like, everyone to a man was awful awful and I, I'm with Dev like this is like 
I just think they had like a weird emotional day. I mean, we did, and yeah. we were just watching. Like, I don't know what it's like to be on the other side of that. I mean, I imagine like even if there are players that don't like Bones, I imagine there's players that like Davon Reed, and like I, I imagine there's players that you just you know you just Mr. Dependable you just kind of lose the core of of who you are for a little bit. It probably takes us a second to recover. But man, the Magic wanted that game. The Nuggets just didn't know what they were doing half the time. It was very, I mean, it, it was demoralizing in, in every way, and it sucked to watch, and I hate that I had to do it. <laughs> I hated that I had to watch it as yeah. well. I mean, my big takeaway is the bench. They got outscored 56 to 10. That's absurd number, man. 56 to 10. What? Bull Bull outscored the entire Nuggets bench by himself. Almost doubled him. Just to add insult to injury. Yeah, almost doubled up the bench. And look, I mean, it's easy to form the narrative if you want to. After this bench performance, Denver traded away a high-scoring guard off the bench, and look what the second unit looks like now. You know, forget for a second that Jamal Murray was out tonight. He's going to be usually playing with the bench. Also, the bench had looked pretty damn good the last week without Bones Highland. Right, right. Um, so, I mean, you can make that connection if you're really reaching for it. But, you know, all in all, I just think this was the first game after the trade deadline, which is always a weird game. You're usually without one player, at least, if you've made one move or something. And it was on the road in Orlando, a team that they always have trouble with. Um, it was an embarrassing performance, no doubt. The bench looked awful. I'm going to quickly forget about this one, though. For sure. Apparently, uh, the Magic did not miss Mo Bamba. <laughs> <laughs> they lost him. They're like, that's not the best game we've ever played. Do you think they even noticed he was gone? I mean, he is suspended right now. <laughs> so true. Um, I'm with Harrison. My big takeaway is the same here. I don't think that this is going to be a particularly meaningful game. I think a lot of people are going to ascribe a lot of meaning to it. Yeah. And now the next game becomes somewhat meaningful because it's like you got to, it's a palate cleanser. You don't want to start a trend. another shitty Southeastern division team. But I don't think that this one carries a whole lot of weight to it for all of the reasons that you stated. It was an abnormal rotation just to begin with. The circumstances clearly were a little bit odd. And I'm not trying to let them off the hook. Like, you're a championship team. Every team has these, even the championship team, like, you know, teams that go on to win a championship. Yeah. But you definitely don't want to see them very often. And this was one where you, we hadn't seen it from Denver for a while. You know, they lost a couple games to good teams or whatever, but we haven't seen it for a while. And to see it tonight, we were like, hmm, that was a tough one. Um, and I think Jokic tonight is the one that, like, I don't want to say, draw like, who am I most let down by? But, like, Yoke to me sets the tone Murray brings the tone sometimes, but Yoke often sets the tone. And there was just so many moments tonight where I was like, Yoke, like grab that rebound or make that play. You can do it, and the team will rally behind it. And I just felt like his energy of, of everyone's was a little bit strange tonight. Let's start with Aaron Gordon, though. 37 points, 14 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal, 2 block. That is probably a top 5 stat line of his career, honestly. <laughs> I know. He, played, he had a monster game. Yeah. He really wanted this. Like, he really wanted to... Show them what he, they were missing in uh, in South Florida. He's done that. How many? T what is Denver's record against the Orlando Magic since Gordon came over? I swear it's like one in five or something like that. And it's always him having a great game, and everyone else being like, "Whatever, man." 
whatever. Yeah, it's actually brutal, like to see that he cares so much. And this is a guy that like he gives it his all every single time that he's out there. He's willing to go to bat for his teammates. He's willing to lay it all on the line. And then this is the one game that truly matters to him. And um, guys just like shit the bed for him. They do not back uh, <laughs> their back their guy. Um, they don't care in those same ways. He was the only one that seemed to have full effort that was truly trying out there. Um, and, I mean, you can't knock him on his effort. He even stepped away from himself. He's doing step back threes, side step threes. Um, he's trying to grab boards. Like, he's doing it all out there. So you want guys to rally um, behind that. It does not matter who the team is. He's up for the occasion, and we saw it in this game. It's kind of crazy that you can lose a game when your third best scorer, maybe four, whatever, has 37 points. Like 37 that's, points. When, Aaron Gord, when AG gives you 20 points, it's kind of like, oh, hell yeah. You know, he contributed I above mean, the starters. The starters scored. The okay. starters scored a lot. I mean, all of their points. <laughs> Literally yeah. 94 of the 100 <laughs> all of, points. All of their points except 10. <laughs> Uh, but AG tonight, I mean, it was nice to see him have, you know, just such a big game and, and to do the, the things that, he, that you know, he had to do in this game. On the flip side of that, I thought Michael Porter had one of his worst games of the season. So bad. Three of 16 from the field, three of 12 from three, and, man, they were such good looks. He hit two threes right off the bat. I yeah. was like, it's going to be an all-timer for Porter. It was in the <laughs> other direction. Right. And... Um, Something that Michael Porter's been doing recently is he's been taking it to the rim. And he's even been passing up, like, open threes. I think maybe too many open threes over the last, you know, month or so. And he's trying to, trying to go to the rim, trying to initiate contact. We've been talking about how he definitely looks more athletic. He looks more comfortable with his body, more confidence in his body. And tonight he pretty much just hung out at the three-point line. Yeah, yeah, what even sucks about it is... That's the perfect game for Michael Porter Jr. Every every shot he took seemed open. Yeah, he yeah. had I mean, open looks I, the entire time. I can't time. fault his shot selection too much tonight. God, like the shots just was not falling in, yeah. in this one. Um, and also, when shots stopped falling, he didn't get to the rim. Um, he's getting the ball stripped. Um, he's not, you know, fighting for boards and, and you know trying to make it in different ways. Um, and even there was like uh, times mm -hmm. where he was lost on defense. Like this was old Michael Porter Jr. in this game. Um, I mean, and it's easy to say now that they lost by so much, but it just didn't seem the same as what we've been seeing from yeah. him. And we also saw, do you want to talk about the walking to the bench? There was like a little bit of a... I wasn't going to. Go ahead. No, well, why not? I mean, I was just going to... Yeah, like there was a moment where Michael Malone looked to be co attempting to coach him up about help side defense, and Michael Porter Jr. just walked right past him. Didn't like didn't Michael even look Malone, him like, in the eye. Hit him, and he didn't even really turn. He tur just went straight back to the bench. Um, very disengaged. Very uh, like I don't know. It wasn't great to see. And you, I mean, not coincidental to me. He's the one that came out and was most vocal about not wanting to lose bones. Like I think that there's there is an emotional toll. Like Maybe. There, he he played a game that was like not up to his standards and we're watching human beings, you know, like I definitely have days, most days, where uh, Maybe he's just upset about Davon Reed. It could listen I mean like Maybe. it's a joke, but well, like, it was both though. What do we both. say? What is the what is his shooting what is the shooting competition? Oh, oh yeah, MPJ, his little shooting group, Bones, MPJ Bones, Davon. Davon. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, uh, and truthfully, I think this. You want to know something funny? 
MPJ calls Davon Devon. <laughs> he was talking about that at practice when he had that quote, and he was like, "Yeah, it's me, Bones, and Devon." It's like Dev, you know, you could be like that. You know, could be like that. Um, real quick though, um, I think that when you have a trade deadline and then you have a letdown game, there's naturally, I think you want to make a connection. Oh, they must be this or that. They must be protesting this. They must be protesting that. I don't think that is the case, except for with the exception of Michael Porter. I do wonder if there is a little bit of that for him. Like, he shot so poorly So tonight. poorly. I don't, yeah, I don't think he was protesting. I just think he was affected. Right, not, that's what I mean. I don't say nothing deliberate. I'm just saying, yes, emotionally weighty. Like, I don't know. My personal opinion, based on, you know, everything I've heard about the circumstances, I don't think this was, like... That is true for most most of the guys, you know, Jokic, Gordon, whatever. But I do wonder if with Michael Porter, if it was, he certainly played like certainly it. Certainly played like or it. shot like it. Yeah, we don't see him miss the number of shots that he missed tonight uh, at the degree that he did. I also this was a big game. There's some basketball stuff I want to get into, other than just kind of running through the numbers. But one of them is, I wonder what Porter looks like with the bench. You only went to it tonight because you didn't have Jamal Murray, but tonight was a really bad data point for it. I think if you watch what happened tonight, Dev, you go, is that viable Porter carrying a bench unit? It just looked like, I mean, it was a zero. They didn't score. Yeah, if there's a, if there's one guy that I just truly don't care about staggering, it's Michael Porter. Jr. Really? I, I don't. I, I The only reason I would like it is because you're just hunting for points in ways. But we know that this is a guy that needs a guard to set him up. Denver doesn't have that right now. Yeah. You know, So that just makes it uh, tough with that second unit. And... Um, I think it just puts him in a vulnerable spot that he um, does not excel at. So you want to put him in spots that he can. Um, also, like you said, it, I mean, that's a defensive unit. You want to bring a guy that can score. It's just it's not him in that same light. Um, so, you know, you, you want Jamal in these type of situations where he's the stacker guy. You want different guys to do it. They gave it a, a chance. And I think that, uh, you know, right now is a time to look at different staggering units. That one did not work. Yeah. No, it did not. Yeah, I I really like Ishmith as a veteran on this team. I've enjoyed talking <laughs> with him. One reason I hope the Nuggets look to add a point guard is I don't know if I can watch Ishmith for another 20 something games. Bro, they <laughs> if he's in the rotation. Can we have to get a point? Guard. I don't know if pa I can Let's do pause it. that and talk about it in the second segment. But first, we do have a king of the game. <laughs> we do have a king of the game that it's I forgot to get to. Everyone for watching that. That's everybody Whoa, that watched it. Oh, it's Aaron Gordon. Look at that. It's what look it is. I'm crown. telling you. <laughs> the crown keeps getting bigger. <laughs> so it also is like kind of going through his forehead. For every 300 likes, we'll make the crown even bigger. I, I think in a loss, you get a tiny little yeah, that little was baby crown. a little minuscule crown. But Although again, yeah, that crown game. is going through his forehead. This, is a, <laughs> this crown is killing him. All right, let's take a break. On the other side, Bruce Brown at point guard. How did that go tonight? Not great, Bob. <laughs> um, You're like. See, on the, on the other side of the break, we'll tell you how you play. It was bad. <laughs> You're free. To do whatever you want. Uh, Backus and Shanker, guys. Backus and Shanker wins for Colorado families. When you get hurt, Backus and Shanker is here to help. They've been helping those seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. And one of the coolest things about Backus and Shanker is they're free until they win your case. You don't pay them a dime, a nickel, a penny until they win your case for you. No fees unless they win your case. They've won over $1 billion for their clients. They have neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Englewood, and Fort Collins. 
Backus and Jenker helped with all kinds of injury cases where you weren't at fault. Car accidents, motorcycles, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help you if you're injured at work. Call us at 222-2222. Easiest number ever. 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Backus and Shanker wins. Um, also, our friends over at Illegal Pete's. We got a location just down the street uh, here on Colfax. Uh, Illegal Pete's, the big game is coming. Oh, and, the big uh, game. Woo. Illegal Pete's is your this go-to spot for all the pre-game materials that you need. Uh, fuel up for an intense game with delicious burritos to start the party. Start it with one of their signature margaritas on happy hour all day. That's right, happy hour all day Ooh. on February 12th. Watching the game from home, Illegal Pete's will bring the party to you. Feed your whole crew with customizable burrito boxes, famous chips and queso, or party margaritas become the real MVP of the big game this year with Illegal Pete's. Check them out. Let's go. All right, back here, segment two. Um, real quick note on the Orlando Magic. They're they're the weird. They're a weird team. I actually think they're a little bit better. They're like the Thunder to me. I was gonna say. I actually tweeted this night. The two teams that I feel like give the Nuggets the most trouble: the Magic and the Thunder. And why is that? What do they have in common? Length. They play hard and they have a lot of length. An enormous amount of length. And here's the thing, real quick. They beat the 76ers earlier in a, in a pretty big game. They are three and one against the Celtics. They're two and zero oh against the Warriors. Sleeping they, Giants. They're one in the league. They're one and zero oh against <laughs> the Clippers. Like somehow they're good against the good teams <laughs> in a weird way. Yeah. But I do think that the length aspect of today is a really big. Like, why was Denver so much on the perimeter tonight? They were scared to go inside. I remember one play in particular where Christian Brown got to the defense. He had a wide open layup. I mean, not wide open. He had a defender in front of him. I forget if it was Bowl or um, Wendell Carter or who it was, right. but he passed down, you know, a layup attempt against one of those guys and just kicked it out. And that was kind of like a microcosm of Denver's night on offense. Yeah. Um, man, I've blocked more people today, I feel, than I have, like, uh, <laughs> honest to God, man. People talking, people are, like, in their feels today. This you know? is, I'm telling and you, I understand it. I I'm telling it. you, this is a low vibes point for the Denver Nuggets. All things considered, it is not a reference point for how things are going to go forward. But th today feels very weighty. Yeah. It does. It's not. It's but not. It feels it. But it does feel it. Yeah, it definitely feels it. Um, let's talk about Bruce Brown at point guard because we've seen it a lot this year. Tonight it looked its worst, I think, that it has for quite a while. What do you what do you make of Bruce Brown? And I mean, we talk about buyout candidates, Dev, but you know the default option is Bruce Brown running the second unit. What what have you seen from him recently? Um, he's not a backup point guard, and I mean, and it's it's transparent. Like, and it's been that way for a long time. It's just that he has not been. The focal point, now we're starting to see it with not playing Bones. I think it's just tough to be a backup point guard on this team just because that second unit can't really score. So it's just all about defense. And if you're not locking guys down, if you're not scoring, you get to focus on those type of things. Um, he's not a setup guy. He's not you know that type of playmaker. And that's what this team needs. They need a guy that's going to run the offense, that's going to get them in their sets. Um, and I, I feel like we've been spoiled with guys like Monte Morris. He's been their backup for a long time, and he's a serviceable backup. He's a he's a starter in the league right now, so I, I think it's tough um, to be that. Um, albeit Bruce Brown, Bones Highland, Faku, you're just gonna have a, a tough spot. But as far as uh, Bruce Brown, 
I don't see it. It's just not a backup point guard, and they desperately need one. What do you think, Wind? Yeah, I mean, for Bruce Brown to be effective at point guard with the starters in a situation like this, Jokic has to be the point guard. Yeah. And like when Jokic doesn't have a high assist night and isn't having a command over the offense like he usually does and kind of just leaves it to Bruce Brown, like that's just not a winning formula. Um, the good news is when this team is healthy, when Jamal Murray is playing, Bruce Brown doesn't play a lot of point guard. Um, he comes off the bench, but, you know, ideally Jamal Murray is going to be that guy. Um, yeah, it, it was a tough night for Bruce for sure. Um, he, he's not a natural point guard. He's just not. He, can he play it in a pinch? Yeah. Do you want to rely on him to play point guard? Hell no. But, Eric, they don't have one other than Ish Smith, so does that mean the Nuggets need to add one now through the buyout market? I mean, yeah, yes. Yes, they need a backup point guard. They they need a backup point guard, like a, somebody to, to run that second unit, somebody to uh, – I mean, that, that second unit was so unbelievably helpless and hapless, and it was – I mean, the the great irony and, or, and comedy of this is that somehow we trade Bones Island and then Christian Brown steps in with the worst plus minus <laughs> in the, of the team, a minus yeah. 22. Um, but they – they just can't do it. There's, there's not, a, there are no initiators on that second unit. When they stagger, stagger Michael Porter Jr., that's a guy that needs the ball given to him in the right place at the right time. Um, so that, I mean, again, like you know, you stagger with Jamal Murray. That's a different story. But like, this is the, this is what I've been saying. Like, they have to have more pieces. They need a bigger war chest. They need other guys to rely on if a Jamal Murray has a sore knee. If what, I mean, whatever the case is, they just need more soldiers. They have to get a backup point guard. They have to. How much of this tonight, Dev, do you think was just that Murray was out, Zeke was out, and it made, I mean, it put pressure on, on a team that already just moved bones, didn't have Thomas Bryant yet? I, I think, I mean, we're, we're not going to be uh, harping on how bad the team looked if Jamal plays. I feel like they win that game. Um, just because you have more. You have something with that second unit. Um, you can score the basketball a little bit more but what I do feel like is there's still a glaring hole and it's the lack of a bench unit you know you're not going to have Jamal out there every single second you're still going to need a backup point guard you're still going to need a guy um, that can run that that unit and they don't have that and it's not to just say that like Bones was that because he clearly wasn't but it just goes to I, I think bring the attention to that's a tough spot to be in is being a backup point guard on a team that just does not have um, a unit that, that can score. Yeah. Like, you're going to be inconsistent if you're the backup point guard. You're going to have nights like Bones had. I think that the defense, um, you know, warranted like him not playing as much and being totally. traded. But also, it's just going to be hard. So I think that there's growing pains, but I do think that they need to find an answer there. Yeah. Um, that they don't currently have right now. Yeah, my thing is like I don't. I'm not saying like they should have kept Bones. Look at what this looks like without Bones. But like, if you're gonna trade him, get a point guard back. You need to get a point guard. Like, you have to get one. And so now it's buyout market. We they ha they and they have a they have a roster spot open. So I have to assume that that is the plan. Um, so we'll see what, how that turns you out. You were like, pretty high on, on Ish, though, after this last game. Well, I mean, he was awesome in the last game. He, well, I, I'm high on him in that he's a natural point guard, but, like, you know. He's not with good. That, he's he, just not good. I, good. I love Ish, but he's just not he's it. Just, he's not somebody you can rely upon, yeah. clearly. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, I was saying, like, 
I would play him. But again, like we didn't, the the point guard play was bad the entire night from yeah. in the starting unit, in the second unit. Like, yeah. yeah. It was just, it wasn't great. And, you know, Ish is great because he can push the pace, but nobody was running tonight. Nobody, nobody was playing with energy. That doesn't work. Like if, you know, like you were saying, it's Jokic's spinach to have pace and speed. And like, he just, Jokic was lumbering behind and like nobody, like speed wasn't there to help them tonight. So this is a tough one to gauge anything off of, except for that, like they just have to get a point guard. What you got to think about is, the ideal bench unit when Jamal Murray's in the lineup, what does that look like? Jamal, Bruce, Christian Brown, Thomas Bryant, Vlatko, or Jeff Green. Like Vlatko. Are, are we good with that five? Are, are we comfortable with that five? Yes, but it, there are times, there's going to be 10 to 12 minutes every night where Jamal's not on the floor. Yeah. There's going to be a time where you have And to- there are going to be games that he misses, too. So... I'm I'm with you. They probably do need another ball handler. Like, can they get through the rest of this season with Ish, with Bruce Brown filling those minutes, like those games, those five to ten minutes when Jamal Murray isn't with the bench, those games when he's hurt and not playing? Yeah, I think they could get by with it, but um, it would definitely make you feel more comfortable, I think, to have a Reggie Jackson type. Yeah. Yeah, I think that um, whoever you put in there, um, I think there is like a a lot of added pressure there. But also, I think that what is not talked about enough, and I think that is a big um, win, is the fact that they are bringing in Thomas Bryant, who is a scorer, who is a guy that they could give the ball and he can make things happen. You know, um, he's not a great defender, but he's surrounded by other defenders. What does that second unit need? They need scoring. So he, he adds that, he, and he has answers for that, and he's also going to be going against uh, backup centers. Um, so I think that he can hold his own in that regard. Of course, he's getting lit up by starters. He's not an actual starter, right. um, cal- starting caliber uh, player. Um, but adding him and uh, possibly another point guard uh, goes well. But even adding him, I just think that that's an enhancer. Yeah. Um, let's take another break here, but on the other side, I want to ask, what would Thomas Bryant have done to this unit tonight? And more importantly... What is the bench with Thomas Bryant? Like, where do we build a perfect bench? What's the stagger? And then what are the guys that are in and the guys that are out? Let's do that in segment three. Guys, Game Time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. If you've ever dreamed at sitting at, I don't know, the 50-yard line, courtside behind home plate, you can with Game Time. They've got these great last-minute price drops. So check them out. Use the link in our description here on YouTube or on Spotify if you're listening to this podcast there. That will take you right to the Game Time app. And if you love DNVR, you'll love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats to all of your favorite sporting events. Adam and I have resorted to He's showing me cute animal videos that's where we're at from the denver zoo <laughs> oh from the denver zoo yeah, i forgot to mention that we got a new bongo <laughs> uh DraftKings sportsbook has a no sweat same game parlay going on uh, as soon as i opened my computer after the game looked at my email i got a free uh ten dollar same game Let's parlay go. bet because i lost mine tonight dude i've been doing nothing. i've been getting these honestly i've been making 
free bets nonstop for the yeah. last like two weeks. So I've got to reinvest that, get my money back at least. <laughs> um, but DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA this week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bets in- instantly. And then for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no sweat same game parlay every single day. All you got to do is opt in, place the same game parlay. If it doesn't hit, get your money back up to $10. Download the app now. Sign up with code DNVR. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA. Get $200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. Back here, segment three. Thomas Bryant on his way over. He scores 12 points per game. The Nuggets bench tonight. 10 total points. <laughs> 10 total points. He would have matched Mo Wagner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mo Wagner. Um, let's build the perfect lineup, Wind. What does it look like with Tom? I mean, first of all, just naturally, you think Thomas Bryant gives a unit that doesn't have Jokic on the court, gives him an identity? Is it, is it going to be a Thomas Bryant-centric identity? Oh, man. I don't like the sounds of that, <laughs> but... Um, is it Beliocentric? I don't like the sounds of that, but I mean, Thomas Bryant scores like that's what he does. He's not a defensive player. He sets screens, rolls to the rim, finishes inside, dunks the ball a lot, shoots a really high percentage. He's leading the NBA in true shooting percentage this year. He's in like the top 20 in total dunks. He is a high efficient scorer. And um, he plays within himself. He can kind of shoot the three, too. But, yeah, he puts points on the board. That's what he does. And so, yeah, if you have him out there, at least you have, like, something you can fall back on a little bit. The Thomas Bryant pick and roll. Because nights like tonight, when you're rolling out a bench of Ishmith, Jeff Green, Vlaco Chanchar, Christian Brown, and Michael Porter, you've got no identity with that group. Nobody right. knows what they're doing. Ishmith is driving to the elbow and pulling up for that shot he loves and missing it a lot of the time. Uh, Michael Porter's just living on the perimeter. There's just no. He's um, on the edge. Yeah, th- there's just no identity. There's no just rhythm. There's no direction with that group. I mean, Thomas Bryant can be like a focal point in the sense of, yeah, you can just run pick and roll with him and you can lob it to the rim. Dev? Um,. Thomas Bryant said that he was unhappy with like his um like the the view when he was with the Lakers. He comes to a Denver spot where I, I know like the joke was he's behind Yoke. But also we've seen in this game they need uh identity in that second unit, and I think that he could be that. In the same way that they ran the offense through um Demarcus Cousins, I think they could do the same thing with him in, Really? That much? Well he's not a he's not a facilitator, so right. but his is like true like just scoring. They need a guy that they could throw it into and he's gonna make it happen. Um the the reason that we're not seeing a passing, he's never been asked to do that. And I don't think he will be um in, in this setting as well. Um it's a lot more free flowing um in Denver's offense and also they don't they don't just go through one guy. I mean like everybody touches and uh, touches the ball, everybody else um, is involved, but he has the size, he has the efficiency, he's a stretch big that could shoot the ball. He's shooting like 44% um, from three this year. So just the ability to um, have offense with a defensive-minded group, it just goes a long way. Yeah. yeah. I know this is, we're like, man, that second unit, we just need, a, we need a five. 
and we need a, a one. Some more shooting. We can get a little bit tougher at the four. <laughs> Jay Sean Tate available. Yeah, no. Uh, that was my guy. <laughs> I mean, Thomas I Bryant wouldn't have helped out at all tonight. I don't know that they would have gotten him You don't think? I don't know, man. Like They were so big. We needed like some outside. Yeah. They, just need, they just need somebody to run that thing. But he wouldn't have hurt. I mean, no, nothing would have hurt. He would have kept Cole Anthony off the glass, maybe. We'll, we'll Cole see about Anthony. Cole Anthony. Seven rebounds. Cole For Anthony. Cole Anthony. <laughs> Dude, Cole Anthony's like my least favorite mold of player, but I do love his heart. That dude plays hard. Do, yeah. yeah. That He's New York point want. guard state of mind. Just always turned up, like always excited and ready to go. I am I am excited for what Thomas Bryant's gonna bring for sure. I think it is gonna be very impactful on the bench. Thomas Bryant's yeah. regular line is gonna be like six of eight, twelve like twelve points. That would have eight rebounds. That would have been more than doubled the benches yeah. out tonight. What <laughs> of uh let me ask another thing that I wonder how concerned you guys are. The Nuggets this season are twenty six and four at home. Amazing. Twelve and fourteen on the road, and they have some real duds under their belt on this the road. This is why they need to get the number one seed. They're in yep. position to get it right now. Yep. They have to get the number one seed. They need to make the playoffs run through Denver. Like that should be a priority. I, I you of course you got to rest guys when they need rest. You can't run your main guys into the ground, but I really think it's important for them to get the number one seed. Yeah, what I yeah, I mean, what you see is Denver is resting their guys on the road um, as well. Like I think that that has a, a lot to do with those losses. It, it is also bad that they're taking those losses against not good teams on the road, but that goes to show like just like they're not as focused or they're not playing. Um, with the same type of uh, confidence or um, care. So, but back to what Harrison said, that that's why it is important um, to get that home court advantage. They um, put it in their heads that that's what they want, that's what they're into, and and that's where they're um, locked in. So, um, it is concerning for sure. Are there? Do you have it up there? Are there teams that have winning records on the road? Oh yeah, I have them all here. Um, let's see. The Sacramento Kings are fifteen and twelve. The L.A. Clippers are seventeen and fifteen. Um, but it's all within like one or two. Yeah, it's not it's that really, much. It's really hard to win on the road in the NBA. And also, yeah, the Celtics are eighteen and nine. Also, oh, on the road. Yeah. Wow. Bucks are fourteen and twelve. Seventy Sixers are fourteen eleven. So like your good teams have a winning record, but it is but it, it's close. Yeah. Uh, also, there's just the Nuggets have the twenty fifth ranked defense. Dude, it's on really skewed like, during the regular season. Like teams don't try to win when they're on the road. I, I and this then is actually home, a sneaky great and then take. home teams win every <laughs> time, and so then you at a certain point you're like, I don't even know what this. Are they good? I'm gonna. Everybody comes into Denver. They're like, oh, we're gonna punt on tonight. We're like, man, we win every game at home. We're it's so, so good. true, and guys. Then, this is such. This is so real. Analytics. People are gonna get so mad at me for saying this. You guys know I came up through analytics. I'm not an anti-analytics guy. You <laughs> nerd. But they yeah. have ruined the game, man. We're just too smart. We know the things that are valuable and the things that aren't. And this is part of what you're talking about. So, People are like, oh, going into Denver, that's a tough place to play. We should punt it. Uh, going on the road, Orlando Magic, this game actually doesn't we mean should anything. Punt it. Doesn't mean anything. Let's rest more. It does suck. But you are, you're, it's a salient point that in the NBA, teams don't really try to win on the road. 
Uh, this, this is just a reminder. Stop watching the NBA. This is for me. Stop Nothing Eric. Watch this right back. When you watch this back so tonight, later, does not do not matter watch the NBA anymore. This game actually does not matter. It doesn't. It's mainly because the first game after the trade deadline never matters. Yeah. Although you want to know the most memorable first game after the trade deadline? What was that? Nobody. When Aaron Gordon. No. When? Well, that one was good. Wasn't the seven because of the trade? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the seven happened right after they traded all the guys. That's why they only Stop had seven Stop invalidating players. my point. I mean, wow. <laughs> now we're looking back. The most <laughs> meaningful game of the yeah, era. Now we look back at the Utah's The game like, that defined yeah, this era yeah. of Nuggets Utah's basketball. like, yeah, who cares? This yeah, game doesn't yeah. mean anything. We're like, yeah, it's all heart. It means everything. <laughs> Utah's like, eh, it's cold. Hey, in all sincerity, though, here's the thing that I think the Nuggets are getting back. In the in in and when we look at Kevin Durant going to the Suns in particular, the Nuggets are going to win a championship, fueled fueled end of uh huh. Make that the end of the sentence. Fueled thoroughly by Inat, and they lost it a little bit by being the fa- by being the number one seed and oh, it's the Midwest and everything yeah. else. And I honestly think there's a little bit of the silver lining to the Nuggets this season where it's like, you know what, they're somehow the one seed. They have a two-time MVP, maybe a three-time MVP, and yet they're like everyone is now counting them out. That's perfect. They're going to be back to under the radar. They're going to be back, and I honestly think it's the right place for them to be. Yeah, they're back in the spot that they feel most comfortable in. Um, Broad backs City, against baby. the wall. Yeah, Fraud <laughs> City. Um, you get to discredit Jokic as you know a, a true MVP. Um, they're out west, but they have a chance to lose to whoever the eighth seed is. Like, it's just going to go back to what everyone thinks, what everybody's used to. Uh, and it was uncomfortable being that number one team with the, <laughs> with the, uh, you know, everything. I didn't like, like myself. The whole target on your back and, and things like that. Now you just get to go back and you really like, you want it. You said that you're not. That's, that's truly where they, they thrive. Um, so, I mean, we're here. We've already been here. We all know what it is. We're here. We're here. Yeah, if you wanna if you wanna understand what that looks like, tonight was a game of AA not. Aaron Gordon <laughs> went back to his old team. Yeah, you're had right. Had the you're chip right. on his shoulder. He's like, Oh yeah? Oh, you're gonna <laughs> give up on me? You're gonna talk smack on me? I'm gonna score like an ungodly number of points in an embarrassing loss, but I'll show you what it's all about. That's do, what the, do all the, the nuggets, nuggets not love Aaron Gordon? Like I know, they I just really hang around. Well, they do love Mr. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Mr. Gordon. Oh, no, yeah, I mean, like, they love Mr. Gordon. He's now running out of post. <laughs> yeah, he, he truly is. I mean, like, Vladko's out there at zero tonight. Like, come on. Let's, just, yeah, let's just, get a couple super chats because I want to save this four segment. I got a little something for us, but let's get a couple of them in and then we'll take a break. Bench scoring only 10 points shows how bad we need depth. I mean, it's a specific type of depth. I will say this. It's a specific type of depth. The types that can score. Look, <laughs> the depth of defense is also important. The nobody said anything about bench scoring in the last three games without Bones. Man, I'm telling nobody you. Nobody said a peep. Now, Learning, all of a sudden, yeah. they struggle one time. Well, this was a really bad game. It really was. <laughs> but it's also, <laughs> and the Nuggets look are a different team today. And this new, ver- as you said in the pregame, Nuggets 2.0. Not good so far. I, I do think that every team probably over-indexes on the first game out of, of the course, All-Star break. Like, if you got... If the Nuggets were to have traded for Davon Reed and they won a game against the Magic tonight and he had a three, we'd be like, oh, my God! <laughs> Davon Reed! 
Unbelievable! This guy's gonna like say. I knew they called him Mister Dependable for a reason. <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll see if it becomes a trend, but yeah, I love we'll your see. point. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Jacob says. Squam says, all my legs hit except Nuggets win by 10. Yeah, they did <laughs> not win by 10. That's a, he must have had all Aaron Gordon legs. Yeah. That was yeah. all there was in this game, and maybe MPJ3s. Uh, I'd it. love to have Aaron Gordon's legs. Oh, my. Can you imagine? Ooh, what I could do with those legs. How well do you think you could dunk with your upper body but Aaron Gordon's legs? Interesting, interesting. So <laughs> And your reach and everything. Very you know? tall, yeah, you very tall get legs. Very tall legs that have very incredible. Very squat midsection. Yep. Not that great Short of a reach. arms. <laughs> but uh, I think, you know what I would do is I would. I would jump up and I would draw on the. I would put all of my skills oh, together. Oh, wow. This is incredible. You'd be shaped like a T Rex. Yeah, dude. Christian Brown. That'd be me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jacob says, roasted me earlier, lol, but Russ would have helped. I mean, but tonight he would have helped. <laughs> tonight Stop. anybody would have helped. Harrison Wind would have helped out there. Should have had him in the corner knocking down threes. All right. What other super chapters <laughs> we got? Uh, Flo says, sad, sad day, no more bones, and losing to Orlando? The worst. Mark? Yeah, dude, The this worst is of a, days. This is, mark this as the low vibe point. It's I only wonder if um, this point. the Nuggets were talking about like um, going down to Orlando during the road trip, and apparently their hotel looked almost exactly the same as the Grand Destino. Whoa. Where they stayed in the bubble, and their bus driver apparently was their same bus driver from the bubble. Wait, what? Is this real? Yeah. So I wonder if there was some legit PTSD <laughs> going on. <laughs> it was not at all sentimental, but actually they horrifying. They were like, oh my God, is it happening we're again? Are we going to get stuck here? <laughs> they stayed in a... Grand Destino proxy? <laughs> Grand yeah. Destino. <laughs> if, Probably, you, yeah. if you were in the bubble for a hundred whatever days it was, oh like, would you God, never dude. go back to Disney World? <laughs> of course not. <laughs> Even with your kids. Yeah, I'm, never, I'm sorry. I'm, we're not a Disney family. I'll never go back again. to my elementary school. Like, <laughs> really? <laughs> You're actually not allowed back I just, there. It's scor <laughs> it scorched earth for me. Everywhere I go, I'm never going back. <laughs> scorched earth everywhere he leaves. All right, what else we got? See, now we're picking up. This is why you guys hang out in the Losers Lounge. Hell yeah, dude. We're back. Another Jacob. A different one. It's like the third Jacob. He says the Nuggets were an artistic representation of the front office trading bones for garbage. Oh, All right, true. well. <laughs> it's true. Tonight, you know it what, It was Jacob? an interpretive dance. Tonight, this was an interpretive dance. <laughs> of a bad of trade a bad deadline night. day. Absolutely. Uh, uh, the king of Thornton himself chimes in. He says, love you guys. One day I'll make it down to the bar. Well, come down tonight. Come I'm going to hold you to that, Jeff. Yeah, but yeah, no, he was smart to not come tonight. <laughs> That's a great point. If he would have come tonight, would have been like, Jeff, never come to the yeah. bar. Yeah, again. he would have <laughs> never come again if he came tonight. Yeah, you pick the perfect vibey night, Jeff, and then we'll, we'll you'll get full credit yeah, for when we'll the listen to, We'll listen to exclusively songs that came out in the 80s. <laughs> uh, Tony says, Eric has made great takes all day. Today. All day, straight bangers. Yeah, this is one of those straight shows bangers. where people are going to look back and say Eric's the only one who made any good points. Because he's yeah, the most dude. upset about the bone straight. <laughs> he is the fan. The yeah. fan is feeling, Man, feeling we need what, what he is feeling. We need that perspective. I know, if, earlier today, just quickly, sorry, earlier, people were like, oh, ooh, stop being upset. I'm like, I am upset. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't care. Like, you can yell at me. I don't care. Like, this upsets me. My fi I can't hide my face. I, uh, I, I don't know what you want me to do. The thing that's the, that's funny to me is when people are like, you shouldn't get upset over like a sports like this or that. And it's like, what is the point or, of any of this? Or I saw one that was like, yeah, you shouldn't be attached to players. And I was like, 
It's weird to not be. I know. You're like, oh, I like number seven. Yeah. <laughs> like number seven. Oh, look at number seven made the ball go in the basket. Oh, that's that's pleasing to me. <laughs> Off I go. Sports are fun. You've gone this route a lot, but it is fun because you like over emotionalize yes. trivial things. You're supposed to put your fucking emotions in sports. Uh, that's the whole point of them. Uh, you put bad emotions that don't serve you in life into sports, and then you get mad about trading Bones Highland, who in real life wouldn't want to hang out with me. I like him a lot. He doesn't want to hang out with me. What old man. We, it, but like losing him, it's just like, I, I like when it's fun. I like when he the was a guy you are liked. fun. Yeah, dude, it's fun. And when things are not fun, it makes me upset. And then I go home and I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's fine. All right, what else we got? Last one. Five-ish says, super sticker, bear-shaped Thomas Bryant jumping <laughs> out of an airplane and landing into ball arena with a sign saying Nuggets, Nuggets 2.0. And Let's cut. Go. That <laughs> is the opening scene for Cocaine Bear. <laughs> there it is right there. <laughs> opening scene. Let's redo that one from the top. <laughs> from the top. All right, let's take a break. On the other side, guys, now that the dust has settled on the trade deadline and we see the new teams, it's time for us to re-rank who we hate the most. Oh, Let's finally. go to the haters ball in second. That's four. it, dude. This is the shot in front of them. We need to uh, find the haters ball for us, Gil. I don't see a read for this uh, last break, but I'm going to throw in a DraftKings pick of the week here to uh, just fill some time. Um, okay, I got one. Minnesota at Memphis tomorrow. Minnesota's plus eight and a half. I'm going to take Minnesota plus eight and a half because... They got rid of their locker room cancer. Oh, they did. They got rid of D'Angelo Russell, <laughs> who is a terrible teammate. <laughs> I've heard <laughs> who every who hated Rudy Gobert, who they needed to move, and now they have Mike Conley, a great teammate, who's also going to play in Memphis in his first game and with will Minnesota. Undoubtedly, hate Rudy Gobert again. No, he likes Rudy Gobert, Mike Conley. Do, do so I'm going to take Minnesota to cover. For the DraftKings pick of the week. All right, I like yeah. it. You're going for the Timberwolves, man. This got worse. Yeah, this is bad. This is bad. I'm also taking the Suns, oh, the Lakers. I don't know. I'm, I'm picking Patrick Mahomes. I'd rather be taking the Grizzlies. Over 50 points. I'm going to go with Embiid here. Maybe he's not so down on Minnesota anymore. On the pecking order that we're about to get to. Hey, maybe, oh, maybe he is. All right. Do we have the haters' ball, Kale? Uh, Kale. No, we don't have the haters ball. What a shame. Down? Wow. Bad. Duh, duh, this duh, is duh. really down bad. Um, in case you didn't hear, Kevin Durant went to the Phoenix Suns. What? To join. It's the first time hearing of this. The worst part is, is they got they didn't even get rid of campaign. They didn't even you know what I mean. They didn't get rid of Chris Paul. The guys that so they're just super hateable now. The Lakers oh, yeah. added D'Angelo Russell, who I've never. Oh, I mean, yeah. How <laughs> they used to be so so lovable before. <laughs> Um, here we are. We got some teams that have somehow gotten more hateable. But, Eric, nobody hates like you do. Oh, that's why I'm here <laughs> on Earth. Who now is your most hateable team in the Western Conference? Number in the Western one. Conference? Oh, it's the Phoenix Suns it, with a bullet. <laughs> more than the Lakers now. They've surpassed them. The Lakers, to me, are, like, hapless and, and foolish. I don't, like, I almost pity the Lakers in a, in a, in a way. Like, I don't, I don't fear them. The Phoenix Suns, like just got through this thing where it was like they stumbled all over themselves. They got to a place that was unearned by just adding Chris Paul to a team that was like unable to do anything yeah. beforehand. And then Chris Paul aged comically quickly. And then it was like, ah, you're right back to where you belong. And then they just doubled down and now they're higher than that. And that makes me angry. I, yes, I hate them the most. 
All right. What do, do you uh, agree, Phoenix Suns, Dev? Absolutely. They they have to be the, the number one team. And then they bring over Kevin Durant, that snake. They bring <laughs> him over. Um, they're going to be good, so you just hate it. You hate it in every single way. Maybe they and suck. You already didn't like them. Then they get rid of the two most likable like people it's true. Uh, that everyone likes, and that just doesn't make sense. Like, who doesn't like Michael Bridges? Yeah. So now they're in a really tough spot, so it has to be them. Here's the thing. The basketball gods really are the worst. They really are. But we, we appreciate I, I, I curse the, the basketball gods. Oh, here's no. The, oh, God. <laughs> here's, the, here's the reason, man. That Suns team, you're right, was soulless. They blamed DeAndre Ayton for everything. They wouldn't give him the extension. Then they match it anyway just to be even bigger dicks. They're just a-holes, and somehow it's good, it got rewarded with them getting an even better, more talented player. But then let's go to the other side of this. KD is on the Warriors. He leaves them because he's like, yes, that Steph Curry team ball is all BS. It's really my ISO that makes it work. Forms the world's worst super team that has ever existed. <laughs> totally flails out because everything about it was horrible. And what is his punishment? Back to the favorites down in the Western Conference. Like, nobody deserves anything that they get in the NBA. No. Definitely not Kevin Durant. He doesn't deserve anything he's gotten in the NBA. I'm with you guys, and I hate to say it because I hate the Lakers. <laughs> I have for my whole life, but at this very moment, the hate in my heart is biggest for the Phoenix Suns. No, question. even watch their show yesterday. Give them shout outs. Try to show up there. We know the those PHNX guys. They work hard. We we know whether we hate Phoenix and everything about them. We just know what it's like to be an entrepreneur to like have to pour so much stress and everything into a, a startup and this or that. So you, you know you give them a little hype at a big moment, like trying to make sure that they succeed or what have you. And yet I watch the show, and what are they doing? Clowning the goddamn Nuggets. Wait, I'm what? like, oh! are they calling the Nuggets? Oh man, calling us frauds. Telling you, fraud city not, alert. Not worried. And those not front worried. runners. Those front runners. I swear to God, they were down so bad, <laughs> and then it just works out for them over and over and over again. Um, all right, they're number one. Number two, D-line. Memphis Grizzlies! Anything is possible! Man. Because they are Phoenix Suns point, they're 2.0. In that they, you know, uh, what I hated so much about the Phoenix Suns previous was that they were boisterous with nothing behind it. They were, again, they, they come out, they were super theatrical, working out after games, all that stuff. The, the Memphis Grizzlies working come out, out and they yeah. like have their, their little dance. Freaking they're, they're bums working oh, out dude, after yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, a little dance. Malika Andrews I makes. love when you do the dance. <laughs> <laughs> Eric's dancing. <laughs> yeah, uh, they, they, it, it's, and now, I mean, they've been smited. They've been humbled. They've been smited mightily ever since then. So it's kind of hard to like, I mean, I feel bad actually hating them that much because they like the universe. Watch is out! Someone's gonna point a red laser at you. Watch <laughs> out! <laughs> yeah, there's like some there. There are some questionable character things happening, uh, which makes it, you know, pretty hateable. But yeah, Memphis number two. Dev, absolutely, absolutely number two for me. What? As well. Really? Well, oh, you guys are on a First real off, We already know there. that I like hate them. I'm you a player hater yeah. on that <laughs> way. First off, player. let's just think about like the fact that. John ja Morant came out and, and said he's good out west. Yeah, that was annoying. And and and, and, and the basketball gods was like, watch this, watch this. That's what they were on the entire time. The basketball then, gods pointed the laser. And yes. then from there, they, they've they've gone two of eight in their last ten yeah. games. Um, they're in allegations. They're like fighting with like uh, analysts courtside. Yeah, they're fighting with Shannon Sharp. Like, come on. they're doing everything in the world. And they think that they still have the biggest target on their back. 
everybody's looking at the West and saying, if they're good over there, then we're going to come over there. Now Kevin Kevin uh, Durant is in the West. Now Kyrie Irving is in the West. Everybody want to come to the West if he's good out there. I hate him. Oh. I hate him. Is this crazy to you? I feel like this one's a little high. For me, it might be the Clippers. Okay. Uh. Just a soulless, vibeless <laughs> team yeah. that's made up of just zero substance and all hype and has never achieved anything. <laughs> and I guarantee you, based on the moves they made at the deadline, all those media types, all those media hacks that yeah. vote in that media poll yeah. that's probably coming out again post-trade deadline yeah. Yeah. are going to talk themselves into the Clippers one more time. Yeah. Oh, it's not the last time. They'll do it again. For them to do absolutely nothing in the playoffs again. Let's stick to the script here, though. Memphis, do you have hatred for them? <laughs> um, eh. Uh, I dislike them. I dislike them as well. I'm anti-Grizz. I can't put them ahead of the team I would have had, but go ahead. Third. Lakers. All right. So the Lakers have fallen to three. This is the lowest the Lakers have ever appeared at the haters ball. Yeah. It, it took a monumental shift. Like, they really had to trip all over themselves. If I if I was worried about the Lakers at all, I would. they'd be much higher because... LeBron James is so hateable at this stage yeah. of his career. Anthony Davis is just a comedy show of hate. Uh, there's, just, I mean, they are, but I don't even. I honestly don't even know who the Lakers are at this exact moment in time. Malik Beasley, Jared like, Vanderbilt. I like Malik. They're the Nuggets, is what you're saying. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but it's just like I the, hate the Lakers. Are you kidding me? I do too. I just they, you know, it's like it's it feels mis, misplaced in a way. It's like. I want my hate to be impactful. I want it to Mean help something. or hurt the Nuggets, yeah. you know? I will always hate the Lakers. Let's go. Always. So I love the fact you're that a good they're, person. they're losing games. <laughs> also, on top of that, now that they like LeBron has the record, I just want them to just now not even care. I just want them to just pack it up. <laughs> what if LeBron just like packed it in the rest oh, of the season? I really need that. I'm telling you, my favorite thing in the world would have been like, during that during actually, the quarter if he retired this, at the he end of all this. Though, yeah. He scored two points after that. But he, he just like, like he was like just done. Like yeah. he's gonna be like, actually all this subtweeting of Rob Palinka was just a facade. I just wanted to get the record <laughs> he and in. Kareem Abdul Jabbar embrace and then walk off together and in the tunnel, never to be seen for again. <laughs> yeah. All right, do we have a fourth is there a big drop off after these three, or do you have another? Uh, I, well, dude, I mean, the, the Mavericks are making a play. Why? Kyrie Irving and. Kyrie doesn't bother me like he bothers everyone else. I like it, just have an easier job of being like. Well, we haven't played them yet, so we'll see what happens. Oh, you don't like him as a player? Yeah. I mean, anybody who runs from the grind like Kyrie and <laughs> Kevin Durant did, I. <laughs> They go up in my hating chart for That's sure. That's the entire league, though, man, right now. It's not the Nuggets. <laughs> mine, is, mine is Damian Lillard. Are you right there? Is Dallas four for you? I mean, I just go back to hating the first three. <laughs> like, just I just right went repeat in this <laughs> yeah. situation. Like, I really don't hate um, Kyrie yet. You know, like, I, I, there's nothing. Luka's great. There's nothing else there. Um, so I just go back to, like, Damn, I hate uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. I just go back to it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I don't feel anything. Do you? Are, do you hate the Dallas, Dallas Dude, Mavericks? What kind of hiccups? You know why? You cursed the basketball gods, <laughs> and they immediately. Oh no! <laughs> they, they immediately gave you hiccups. That's exactly what happened. Do you hate Dallas? Um, 
I they're just like not real to me yet. Yeah, they need to become real. I'm trying to think of if there's anybody else in the West that I, I think hate. it's just the Clippers are four, and then after that, maybe the Blazers because they're fans. <laughs> I don't hate the team, Soft but I do. But fans. The, the, their fans were very annoying. Uh, hit that outro music, Kale. We have any more super chats that came in? <laughs> All right, everybody. The Rockets kind of hate them. <laughs> It'd be funny if that was your next hated team. They're pretty. You know they're high for me. I'm, like, I'm, watch, I'm, I'm surprised like they them. didn't even get a mention from you. I really like them. Um, all right, that does you it today. Would. What a long day, Nuggets Nation, bro. Nuggets are in first place. I know they have a two-time does not MVP. Feel like it does not feel like it. I know, I know, but I'm telling you, put a little context in this. It's fun to ride the sea of life. Sure. In the NBA season. Sometimes there's a dip in that sea. That's where the Nuggets were tonight, but I, we'll see if it's meaningful. They've got the Charlotte Hornets coming up on Saturday. That should be a win. Hopefully we get Jamal Murray back. We didn't even talk about the fact that he's missed now a couple games in a row because of this inflamed knee, which could be its own concern. But you know what? Brighter days are ahead. Thomas Bryant's on the way. Should make his debut for <laughs> Save us. Save us, Thomas. We're off tomorrow. If you want to hear more about our analysis the of the trade deadline, go back and watch the show from previously. Everybody else, we'll see you Saturday. Let's go. <laughs>